Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Entertainment of Excellence, the podcast where we talk about films, TV, all of it. Hi, I'm Ollie. I'm Tom. And I'm Ben. And I'm not going to say we got the intro right this time because we're going to look back at it and do something really stupid like last time. Yeah. <laughs> Said last time as well. Mm. If we have done it right then, that means we can have the, the compilation of failed intros. Hooray! Yeah. And then we'll release, our reward. <laughs> we'll release it and then the next episode we'll just screw it up again. <laughs> so, today we are we talking just watched about a movie. Mile 22. It so, was a movie. It, it, was, it was a movie, Tom. <laughs> I agree. You can it, describe it as that, yeah? Yeah. Could also be described as a film. Mile 22. Yeah, a could also be described as a box office bomb. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. <laughs> and honestly, I think for good reasons because we'll get more into detail. But um, it wasn't very good. I don't think. No. Yeah, sorry. That is a hot take. Sorry, I disagree with the top review that says good action. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, just a warning that sure. we'll be discussing a bit later on possibilities for a sequel and the twist at the ending. So, this may contain spoilers. This, this does contain spoilers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I guess to start, let's just do a quick plot summary, if we can make it quick, because it's that weird and complicated. Well, it's only an hour and a half, though. So it starts off with like some mission to get some cesium, which they got from a tip off, and then they break in. But all they find are paintings, and they're like, "Oh no, this isn't the cesium," and then they get really annoyed. And then uh, Aiko Uwes turns up. Does anyone remember how? Does he just? He turns appears? himself I think in. he just appears. Just his passport, oh, okay. And then he just drives a car. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. He has that. Yeah, that's it. He holds the hard drive and stuff. And then he's like, uh, this hard drive has the location of the cesium, but I'll only give you the code to get into it if you take me to America. So basically the movie is taking him to the airport or to like an airstrip where they can get him on a plane to America so that they can find out where the cesium is. So it's a uh, lot of countdowns. Yeah, there's the countdown because he put a countdown on the hard drive. It has like an eight-hour countdown before it wipes. Um, they also have to get there before the plane takes off because for some reason the plane can't stay. I don't know why, but it can't stay. It has to go. Um, for clock convenience. <laughs> actually, yeah. I think that's the only two. We, we made up other ones while we were watching it, but unfortunately is... not all of them existed. Yeah, the problem is the film... Eight falls into the trap of having a lot of tropes from thriller movies and action movies like obviously the countdown and in this case we've got second countdown on top of that um and then mm. there's just like lots of like action sequences um with like shaky cam and quick cuts and everything except i guess the problem with this one in particular is just the directing is really off-putting and it really doesn't help that the story itself isn't like the best it's just kind of thrown together i feel i feel it's, there. it's like it's obviously there to serve the action they just want yeah. to have a thing of taking someone from point a to point b with yeah. some action along the way um point but, b being 22 I mean, miles away uh, obviously yeah. yeah by quick cuts we mean like Five a second, maybe. Yeah, there were definitely cuts, <laughs> and like you can use quick cuts effectively. But the problem with this is a lot of them are really close up, and then you'll cut to like three different shots from different angles of the same thing in like one second. So it's really hard to get a perspective of where everyone is. Um, it's also all really close up shots as well. Yeah, so it's nauseating at times. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes someone would get shot, and you're like, "Oh, uh, where was that person?" 
Yeah. yeah, they don't really have the best establishing shots, so you can get a perspective of where everyone is. Well, well, Ben, I think what about that one time where we got to see ten seconds of Ico burning his passport, and it had uh, about a twenty-second establishing shot of the city, and then it cut it to another this. establishing shot, which lasted for a further like five or ten seconds. It's like the birdemic oh. shots. Yeah, that one was uncomfortably long. <laughs> for the second they... half. <laughs> they were just begging for it to cut. Yeah. And it just cuts it... about a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was silly. Some really weird directing choices made. Yeah. Mm. It... Yeah, I mean, there was a lack of, like, fluidity i guess you could call it so there was so you couldn't see the cause and effect apart from one shot where i was very happy uh so it would be a lot of times like shot of one person shooting cut to a different shot of a person being shot um so you don't actually see but it, it doesn't feel like you can sense the movement of the action or anything it's like this is happening now this is happening now look at this thing that is happening and Aiko yeah. Uwais is probably doing some cool martial arts, except we're going to cut so fast and zoom in on his nose so you can't see it. The one yeah. shot that did show cause in action, the death of Expendable Man number four. Yeah. yeah. emotional. It was a shot of someone's head where you could see the gun and they shot someone in front of them that then died. I was very happy. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I could see what was happening. Yeah. One of um, the questions I have before we sort of go into the deeper ones is just what what is the point in this film? Like, what has it actually added to any? Like, it's just it just exists. Yeah. Just, it serves no purpose. Well, I mean, you could say that about a lot of action films, but at least some action films kind of fit some kind of niche that hasn't been done before. So, I mean. Uh, I'm trying to think. Die Hard, having loads of people held up in a building and stuff. I don't think it had been done too much by that point, and obviously had some cool lines and iconic moments. Or The Fugitive, uh, you know, just having some more mild-mannered guy on the run, kind of filled some things. But they didn't necessarily add anything, maybe to the. I mean, they probably did. Um, I'm sure I'm offending some massive fans now, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, the problem uh, with... yeah, yeah. The problem is, it's just the story is very generic and shoved in. The action is not shot the best, so you can't really enjoy it to its full potential. Like, I get, I get, you don't always need a good story for like a good action movie because, like, there's John Wick. Um, but the problem is, like, John Wick has really good action shots um, and doesn't, like... Yeah, I mean, the action is amazing. Overused. That's because... Yeah. It doesn't cut really quickly. It's really slick. Um, the movement is yeah. clear and really nice. Maybe um, less than the third one. lost here. And the John Wick came just... out before this, so there's no excuse. Yeah. The third John Wick, literally every shot is just a dog, like, attacking someone. Yeah, <laughs> just that scene with just the John Wick three still still good. It's good. John Wick three but... still better than this. Yeah, like oh, way better. Um, and it's, I guess, one of the only redeeming qualities of this movie is like Aiko Uwais and his like martial arts scenes, because I mean his acting as well. He was probably one of the most convincing actors in this. Um, yeah. Because I got like the impression that Mark Wahlberg was just playing like a caricature of just the stereotypical action antihero or whatever. Mm. Mark Wahlberg got like a massively intense sort of, like training program for this. What was the actual? What, what was the it? purpose of that? Yeah, no, it's not. It's even if he had any shots with like his top off and yeah, you know, <laughs> fair enough if if you are Ico because. He had quite a cool action scene with him when he was sort of like handcuffed down. Yeah, yeah. none of that happened with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, oh Mark yeah, Wahlberg he did do just... a really big training plan. Yeah, yeah, like Ico's um, 
scene where he was cuffed down and was destroying the these people who were trying to assassinate him was like that was probably one of the best scenes of the movie to be honest because it was yeah that was the best one it was not just convincing but like Aiko is like a martial artist uh he does Indonesian penjaks a lot um he does. and <laughs> uh yeah, my people... that... he's done a quite... I might be he's... wondering why we picked this film uh, <laughs> and that is actually to do with Aiko it's quite a long story yeah um it, it... yeah we just love Aiko it involves uh, like someone we know who's a really, really big Bruce Lee fanboy, and uh, he provided the commentary over the Big Boss, which we've also seen. Yeah, with commentary, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, he he said he was talking about how he'd um, spoken to a lot of people, and they were all uh, influenced by Bruce Lee, and he'd said. I've, I've talked to Aiko, who does Indonesian penjaks a lot. He's going to be in a film with Mark Wahlberg called Mile 22. So um, well, yeah, we had, word we had word. to check it out. Brilliant impression. Oh, thank you. The keeper of the flame. <laughs> but not the world authority on Bruce Lee. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bit of an in-joke there. Yeah, you probably don't have a clue what we're on about now. well let's bring it back to i guess the characters because like they weren't the most fleshed out but i guess at least they spent a bit of time establishing like mark Wahlberg's well it felt like tropes i don't know i mean mark Wahlberg's character was like he's uh but he's really smart so he's annoying and uh you know, he has a rubber band that he flicks, and you're like, right, okay. So it's kind of, it felt to be, like, built up from tropes. But he, yeah. I, I didn't care about him at all. I thought he was really annoying. I mean, some people were like, but that's what Mark Wahlberg was supposed to be like. Well, I'm like, well, then it's the writers. Yeah. Yeah. Try and make him likeable. Like, I was just, I, I was cared more about Ico the whole it, film. <laughs> Yeah, I cared more about Aiko, and he turns out to be, like, the villain, so... <laughs> yeah. Ooh, spoilers there. <laughs> well, we, we've already yeah, yeah. been over that. Yeah, the thing with Mark Wahlberg is... He's, he, it's built up from tropes. His, remember, his parents died. Obviously, like, if you have an action hero, the parents yeah. have to have died. Um, he didn't... I kind of got the impression that he didn't really care... I don't know if that was like the character he was playing or whether that was just like the actor himself. Like it felt like he was half arsing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know what you mean. Yeah, like uh, I like with Aiko you got the impression that he was on the ball all the time, but with Mark Wahlberg and his I don't know if if it's him or his character, but they just seemed kind of like they didn't really care. About what happened. Yeah. Aiko's were... fan club here. <laughs> well, the thing with Aiko is he sort of had like minimal dialogue, which sort of made him like a bit mysterious and enigmatic to a degree. Yeah. Uh, I think that, which sort of assists when he's when he turns out to be the villain. Hmm. Well, let's, let's Can talk we about also that? talk about the random bits from the future of Mark Wahlberg being interviewed by? Some people about something. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Which, really uh, weird. Was never yeah, there was quite a lot explained. of scenes where there was quite a lot of scenes where they sort of t- concurrently told two stories, like flitting back and forth every couple of seconds. And that, well, the thing with this is originally it sort of underpins the whole film, but then there's just like a half an hour chunk where you don't get any any reference to it at all. Hmm. Yeah. And but like, what is the interview for? Does it really explain it? It felt like just an excuse for Mark Wahlberg to say, "quote unquote" cool things during, you know, the movie in between the action, where he was really just saying quotes that meant nothing. I mean, He's I talking about even... like the fog of war and anywhere can be a battlefield, and two people in a room can be a battlefield, and that's the chaos and that's the fog, and you're like, what? <laughs> 
what are you on about? <laughs> I mean, I didn't even pick up it was in the future until, like, I guess the Ico scene where he was beating up the people who were trying to assassinate him. I didn't even pick up it was from the future. I just thought it was, like, him in another room whilst all this was going on. Yeah. It was, You'll see, it like, was... why you would think that because of the just, like, random cuts and stuff. And especially yeah. when it was happening with... Um, it was, like, that the woman on her phone to her oh yeah she she had a family remember that <laughs> oh. we had one scene a fake emotional scene with her family which was interspliced with mark Wahlberg being terrible to some woman that came in scared about her money i don't know that was random as well uh i mean <laughs> did they just have that family bit so cuz she it's implied she like dies or something on the plane at the end mm I think they just did yeah. it to make it sad. I think it's just to show that she's not a a caricature when she really is just a caricature. <laughs> it's and I didn't really I didn't understand there was like some sort of weird like I guess comedic undertone with like her when she like got that divorce app which means that she yeah. can like swear when she texts her husband which was kind of Odd. What was that? The family know. wizard thing. What? <laughs> There's so many things that are just put in and then never really introduced again. It's like, oh yeah, Mark Wahlberg's an orphan. Uh, oh yeah, his brain moves really fast and he's got a rubber band thing. Yeah, it's that one uh, where it's like, do you think I believed any of my three ex-wives when they told me? Yes. What? Yeah, that the just really came out of nowhere. <laughs> it was just a yikes. <laughs> <laughs> wow I mean he had yeah, one <laughs> yeah that, that's random and also the fact that he served in like the army just pops up in the opening credits yeah I think yeah. crazy <laughs> credits it's so weird I mean uh, another thing about the comedic undertones it happens with other people like the big twist at the end where basically it's revealed that Ico was working for the Russians all along. How did he actually help the Russians? Because so, he did give them the info still. Wasn't that like still correct? I mean, it, it <sighs> should... Oh, I mean, they killed everyone in the operating thing, in the operation thick place. Yeah, I think... Because uh, and they it might killed have been, that one woman's son. It might have been fake info anyway, I guess. Like, there's no way of verifying. Yeah, but it's it implied because it's supposed to be like a. It was. It was supposed to be a franchise, so you'd think they were going to go to all the locations. But it's kind of random to actually have them. Yeah. Uh, so that I, was weird, and but it was just funny when John Malkovich goes, <laughs> "You said he's not a double agent," and I and I jokingly said he's a triple agent, and then John Malkovich does say. He's a triple agent. Yeah. So just <laughs> like I mean, can't help but laugh at that. So just to make it like really clear, because there's been a lot of people searching online, like to have the ending explained. So the whole plot of the movie is sort of around these Russian agents have got some cesium, which can be used to make dirty bombs, um, and this CIA task force is trying to get the cesium off them. Um, and Aiko, who's, like, a police officer, has this information um, on where the cesium is, but he's being hunted by his own government and wants asylum in the US in return for giving them the information. And the twist at the end is he gives them the information, but it turns out that he's actually working for the Russians and gets all of the people who are... Um, dissecting the information killed um, and so basically he, he escapes his own country um, free and like foils the CIA's plan I guess because he was working for the Russians all along so yeah he's, he's not a double agent he's a triple agent <laughs> which is a bit complex I guess but it makes sense yeah. Yeah. It's pretty like, ugh, is this real? <laughs> it was. Yeah, it, I, I'm not going to say it was expected, but like, it was just. 
it it didn't seem to have as much of an impact as I thought it would. Like it yeah. was just like, oh, Ico's a triple agent. Wow, I'm so surprised. Yeah. And then, okay, so is she going to be like someone would betray them somehow? Yeah, yeah I, the I, problem I... that we had was that uh, before it even started, we knew there was going to be some sort of twist. Yeah. The whole way through, we were just sort of anticipating when it's going to happen, and obviously, you couldn't really work out what exact what the specifics were. But I mean, I was thinking it was going to be John Malkovich. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is she, that's only because we thought, like, oh, I guess the person at the top. Hmm. Yeah. And then, so, the ending, right, it leaves it kind of open that there could be a sequel, and so there originally was going to be a sequel planned, um, and they announced that they were going to make a sequel. Um, but the problem is it, like, kind of flopped at the box office. Um, so the budget was $50 million, and it made... Well, like up to fifty million dollars, and it made sixty-six million, but in its opening weekend, it made like around a fifth of its budget, which is not great because you're looking at you're trying to get about half your budget in the opening weekend, um, and critics and audiences didn't like it, so it was not very well received, and it's unsure whether the sequel's going to go ahead. Oh, and also there was going to be this weird like web series um called like Ki the kiev exchange that also has peter berg directing it um which it said it was going to be planned for a late 2018 release but now it's 2020 and it nothing's come to fruition so i'm assuming that was just scrapped so yeah yeah I mean, I'm really why. And it just feels like this kind of action film is outdated now. Yeah. I, I always keep coming back to it, but John Wick came out, which, you know, is kind of like a game changer. Um, I mean, obviously the Avengers films, which is probably more similar to action than this, but like, you know, Captain America, the Winter Soldier just handled it better, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. It sort of reminds me of. Do you I don't think Tom saw it, but Ben, do you remember when we saw Angel Has Fallen? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, the only problem with that, I mean, it wasn't a great film, but it was almost made even worse because <laughs> literally every time anyone swore, the whole cinema just erupted with laughter. <laughs> <laughs> it was <Yeah>. so dumb. <laughs> Yeah. It was so I don't weird. Know if it's just like a really immature audience or the scenes in this were uh I can't remember who, but I think it might have been I can't remember any of their names. Someone just like starts swearing all the time. I can't even imagine what the audience would have been like then. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it wasn't it an angel as form that or, also, where the, there was like a really like terrible joke, but someone was just absolutely ro <laughs> roaring with laughter. Yeah, and it happened in Joker be as well. People laughing at like really disturbing parts. <laughs> like, really <laughs> it's like <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, anyway, Do you think everyone would have been laughing at this movie when? Um, Mark Wahlberg declares that his three ex-wives didn't love him. Ha 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 It was just... Somebody there were so many quotes where... where, I mean, there was a point where he just swore loads because they obviously couldn't think of a cool thing for him to say. And the, the things that they think like were cool just either made no sense or were really ridiculous. So... Yeah. It was just like, or just really cheesy, like that one. It's like, do I believe in Santa? No. <laughs> do I believe in the Tooth Fairy? No. It's like, well, I'd hope not because you are like a forty-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of a contrast between just like, really do, stupid do, dialogue. Did I like believe that the comms were secure? Yes. It's like, well, it doesn't sound like you're that cynical, really. If you just only don't believe that the Tooth Fairy and Santa aren't real. 
Yeah. So, I mean, let's let's try and think of some good points, I guess, because we've just been ragging on this film for like twenty five minutes. Yeah, soundtrack so, is serviceable. Yeah, the soundtrack was good. Yeah. The uh, hip hop. Uh, no, no, not that bit. I'm talking about the general <laughs> score. There was yeah. a cool guitar bit. I think I was like, this is pretty cool. There was a groovy bit in seven eight, which was nice. Oh yeah, I was counting. I was like, ooh, just <laughs> kind of seven eight. And also, yeah. we I do say that I mean the action scene with Iko like handcuffed to the hospital bed or whatever was actually okay. I mean, it still wasn't amazing, but it was, you know, it was pretty good. If it was, was the only time that I was like, ooh, in the action. If it was, was another breaking people's legs Ico. and stuff. There's another one with Ica, but that was one of the examples. Yeah, I where mean, that was just the editing was, was just too many. awful, and yeah. I couldn't see anything. And yeah. it would just randomly cut to Mark Wahlberg as well at points, and I didn't realise. So someone would get shot. I was like, "When did Ica get a gun?" It's like, uh, "Oh, that was that was Mark Wahlberg." Oh, okay. It was. It, I know. Like, <laughs> it seems like the only thing we liked about this film was Ico, but um, <laughs> it was a good mix of having the genuinely actor who could also sort of he obviously is a professional martial artist so I presume he did all his own stunts and action scenes yeah uh, but he sort of outshines all of the real actors who that was the only thing they had to do another thing that I liked I, I know it sort of sounds negative again but it didn't really drag it didn't feel like it dragged on that long like I think yeah. it went quite quickly. I know we said yeah, the same the about Birdemic. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it was like if that if it felt like it dragged on or if it, they'd added another half hour, I don't think I could have coped, but it just no, kind of ran its minutes. course. Yeah. It kind of ran, it ran its course, served its purpose. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I wasn't ever like, oh, man, this scene doesn't need to be in it I guess mm. yeah. so I guess yeah it's fast paced I mean that's like, the only reason I watched it was because it was an hour and a half and like that's bearable <laughs> yeah <laughs> which doesn't sound the greatest but <laughs> yeah well I'll, I'll yeah, I mean if it was three hours no <laughs> no <laughs> no way but oh, yeah if you had the mile 22 and the sequel it might be three hours. Mile twenty-three. Also, uh, can we discuss that? Uh, people still name. don't know what the sequel would be called. Would it be called Mile Twenty-Three or Miles Twenty-Two Two? <laughs> Which oh, one sounds less ridiculous? Ooh, the, the miles have gone down. <laughs> the prequel. <laughs> or, 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 kilometer Twenty-Two. <laughs> the prequel shows him with all of his three ex-wives. <laughs> <laughs> Wife twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> the prequel just says like Ico with like his family and getting out his passport, ready to burn it in preparation for the, for the mile twenty two. It, it shows him going to buy the like elastic band from the shop and putting it onto his wrist. All the things <laughs> are falling into place. Yeah, I'd, I'd oh, that well, was one of the moments that made that I just didn't like about him, where it was like one of the agents' birthday, they get a birthday cake, and Mark was like, yeah. "No, no birthday cake," because we failed the mission, and just sweeps it onto the floor and breaks the plate. And they're in a cafe, so I mean, the poor they they've just made that cafe after like pay for a new plate and ruining that perfectly good birthday cake. It's like, oh, because they failed a mission, and it wasn't even like her fault. Yeah. And it turned out that, that it did have cesium in it. Oh, just I just didn't like it. I guess. Oh, actually, one. It's a very very small thing, but I guess something I did like was <clears throat> like those shots of Ico where it was like his focusing on his fingers and this sort of like little meditative, um, like oh yeah thing he's doing where he's like touching each one of his fingers. Like that's that's mm. kind of cool because it's. It sort of builds tension because you've seen earlier on in the film what he's capable of. Um, and then, like, even before 
the first action sequence, you kind of getting this sense that he's really powerful. So yeah, I like that. Only shots of the film I felt were actually needed. Nice. Thought he was gonna get ready for everything. Uh, Kill Bill. Everything. Yes. Kill Bill. Yeah. You know the like five the pressure point thing that they does at the end. Like five finger five, pressure oh, point. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it's called. Five palm yeah. heart explosion. I thought he was gonna do that. <laughs> that would be epic. He just is doing that the whole film, and they just. <laughs> <laughs> that ending is so like Tarantino. I love it. Yes. But that works. That's like ridiculous. That works. Where it's mm. like you take ten steps and then your heart will explode. Yeah. What an ending. It might not be. The small thing we picked up on was a uh, uh, that like small girl who just has like no emotional reaction oh, to what's going on. <laughs> yeah, to, like people being shot and killed around her. She's not <laughs> screaming at all, and then she just sees. Mark Wahlberg and that other guy. Oh, I know he's with Iko actually, isn't he? He sees Mark Wahlberg and Iko Uwes and then just decides to point them towards the other woman agent. It's like, how did you know they were with her? Why are you helping them? Why are you not running away screaming? I want to help you. (laughs) The way we haven't referred to a single person as their actual character name it's just always the actor okay okay so Mark Wilbur's character is called Jimmy and that is all I remember I show is the asset silver I think I don't know Mark Wilbur's bishop oh is he yeah Yeah. I I thought I thought it was mother and (laughs) they were child one and child two yeah it was (laughs) the names weren't memorable and they weren't I think I think that's a good indicator of if you care about the characters or not. If you can remember their names and a bit of their backstory, then you care about them. But here, we just didn't care. We didn't learn their names. We didn't care about their backstories. Like, I don't know. Even, like, not backstories. Like, I guess, like, I don't know. It might, might not be the same for you, but, like, if you're talking about, like, I don't know, John Wick or something, you're like saying John rather than Keanu Reeves. Yeah. yeah. Because There's John Wick and Winston and, you know, yeah, yeah. those fellas. Because you, you care about the characters. But like here, it's just... <laughs> here it's just Mark, Mark Wahlberg and Aiko Uwais and Ico. John Malkovich. That one guy and that one woman. <laughs> In the first five minutes, because we were watching on Netflix and I, I had the subtitles on because it was really quiet at the start. Uh, <laughs> complete opposite to good opposite time. Opposite of good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had the subtitles on and, and it just referred to everyone as man. So like by five minutes, in, <laughs> there was someone speaking called Man 7. And it's just how we're meant to keep track of all of this. Like, <laughs> what was the bit at the start, actually? There was someone going into a house. I forgot that that happened. And also the Maybe Russian we're... bit in the middle, which was supposed to like establish the twist, I guess, just was so random. Yeah. And like, why? It didn't mind the bit at the start. Yeah, the bit at the start was, was just kind right of... Set up piece. It was just setting up the whole thing with Cesium and the Russian agents. Um, yeah. Like, it was just kind of to get you into the action, I suppose, and give you a little bit of, like... The, the the background yeah, yeah. Mm. there's also a lot of just random scenes that I guess would sort of look cool in the trailer or something but do you remember that bit where again I have no idea who he is but there's someone just has a, his phone and there's just like a bunch of chess pieces on it oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what that's about no and that sort of just intrudes the the dialogue that's going on between two people with just random cuts to flashbacks or flash forwards i don't even know yeah it was Mm. so weird just that made no sense but it did look cool i feel like yeah that was definitely included for the trailer not that we ever watched the trailer no we don't care enough so uh let's wrap it up what what were your impressions of the movie as a whole i mean i, I, mean, I guess i'd 
didn't really get bored, but I just it was like disorientating and weird and I don't know. Mm. I'd probably give it like. But I'm trying to decide between. I'll give it four point five. <laughs> a six point one on IMDb, which isn't. It is awful. not. It is not a six. It like, actually is. The no, 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 no. but then the Met scores thirty eight. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it doesn't deserve a six. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm gonna go. Hmm. This is tense. I'm trying to somewhere between a four and a five, and I don't want to go a four point five. That's what I did. That's that's what I was trying to decide. (laughs) I just (laughs) just say four point five. I'm just right. Okay, I just really didn't care about the characters. The plot was trope filled. The action was all right, but like the. Directing was so terrible. I'm gonna go four point three. Because we tried to pick a film, we we're looking for films that are like bad, but not, not like Birdemic. Yeah, because Birdemic, although it's objectively terrible, it you could still enjoy it. So I think we were just saying like it's ten in terms of enjoyment, but zero in terms of quality. So we gave it a five. But this, yeah. This it's not only bad, but it's not really very enjoyable. Like, yeah. And like, I'm gonna include a link in the description for you to buy it, but like, I don't think you should because uh, you, you watch it once and then I doubt you'll ever want to watch it again. Yeah, I'd probably oh. rate it. Um, a little bit higher. Uh, four point. Seven. Are we averaging at four point five then? <laughs> really the long Did you say four point three? Yeah, yeah. Seven. Okay, there we go. Yeah, four point five. Probably the that was probably the longest um review section we've ever done. <laughs> we just have to think <laughs> about it so much. Such yeah. a big decision. Mm. So um, this week we didn't get any submissions for um, people to. Well, for we, for we have. We've not had time to do them. <laughs> well, yeah, but um, so just to remind you that if you're uh, a creator of like any form of entertainment, appropriate that is. Um, so just like books, uh, short films, music. If you're a band, if we even said like poetry if, because Ollie does A level English and stuff. Um, just like DM us on Twitter or Instagram with a link. Um, also, I guess I guess we should probably specify. Um, it's we don't want to be like cheap and ask for, for like free copies of stuff because. But like you know, if you if you. If we have to buy it and it's like really expensive, then it's unlikely we'll we'll do it. Like if it's if it's just an ebook for like two quid, then sure, okay, we'll we'll do that. But you know, if it's like above, I don't know, ten quid and we don't think it's worth it, then you know we're not gonna do it. So also, don't make it like. Because we probably wouldn't spend a whole episode on it, would we? It would just sort of be like no. a, a section. Yeah, like and we maybe did not with, like like we did with Crow Bunchery last week, just like a ten-minute yeah. segment where we just sort of give overall impressions and f- like constructive criticism if we have any. Uh, yeah, but um, we're ha- more more than happy to review your stuff. Um, oh, artwork as well, if you like an artist on Instagram or something. We're happy to do that. So, yeah, just contact us and hopefully we'll have some stuff to do next week. So let's just move on to recommendations because we have some this week. Yeah. Who wants to go first? You can if you want. Okay. Uh, I've been watching a cult sitcom 
cult classic uh, community, which actually I think has got bigger over the years. So you may have heard of it. I've now watched the first three seasons. So before it got transferred over to um, the Yahoo streaming service. Yes, that existed, <laughs> but not for very long. Um, it's it was created by Dan Harmon, who also made uh, Rick and Morty, and it's just a great sitcom that like about these people in a community college, a group of friends, um, uh, and it's one of those where it sounds like a standard sitcom, but it's got so many great episodes that are, like really outside the box. Like there's a, the paintball episodes really did a lot for the show you know just which actually has weirdly really good action and two of them are directed by the russo brothers because i think they also helped uh, a lot in like the production of the show and stuff so i mean you've got the directors of avengers endgame uh bloody paintball episode of a sitcom and there's like dungeons and dragons episode there's an episode set like inside a video game which is actually like really good uh, which I was slightly worried about at first because a lot of times if something's set in a video game, it's like really cringy and awful, but it was actually like one of the best episodes. And it's just so creative and that you just can't get from other sitcoms that are really standard. They just do so many things that's cool and you really grow to like these characters. And it, it does a lot less with a, f- a focus on kind of romance, which a lot of other sitcoms will do. I mean, even Friends. I'm pretty sure all the characters, um, uh, you know, the, it, it, even though it's called Friends, it's more about the characters being paired off in their romantic relationships. But in the community, they kind of take a back seat and actually explores themes of friendship and stuff. Uh, so it's just really good, really good writing. Although apparently the fourth season, which I'm about to start watching, doesn't have Dan Harmon included. So that's not supposed to be as good. But uh, you should definitely watch it. On Netflix? Uh, it is on Netflix and Amazon Prime. Groovy. And the cast have also recently got together and done a table read of one of the episodes with... Um, oh, I, I can't think of it. Is it Pedro Pascal? The actor of um, Mandalorian. The Mandalorian? Yeah. Yeah, uh, they did a table read with him. Uh, for charity over Zoom, so they are still doing stuff. But uh, yeah, it's on Netflix, so you can watch it. Because Ben isn't a very big fan of Rick and Morty, are you? No. Well, that's pretty. <laughs> that's just because it's a cartoon. But you'll probably like Community, Ben. Yeah. yeah. Stick. I mean, heard... I actually, I was like, oh yeah, this is an okay sitcom for the first few episodes, but then I got really into it. It's, I think it's one of those that grows on you. Yeah. Um, shall I go next? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so another sitcom. Uh, I want to recommend the the thick of it, which is like, um, if you've heard of like the like political comedy Yes Minister that was like, um which is like an older series. This is like the 21st century adaptation of it. Um, And it's like, it follows like this fictional department in the UK government called the Department of Social Affairs and Citizenship, which is basically like oversees a lot of other departments that's like similar to the the cabinet office. Um, And it's just, it's kind of, it's comedy focuses on like the, how, inept a lot of politicians are and how lots of things that they do can come off really badly um and so they're enforced by this spin doctor called malcolm tucker um played by peter capaldi um who's absolutely epic because he's he's just like constantly swears and absolutely destroys people um like his his insults are just like legendary you can just search compilations on youtube i can't really say any here because uh, we're going to keep it clean but um no it's really good um and it's a lot of so most of the episodes are just around um 
like a minister launching something like a campaign or something and then they make a mistake and uh basically malcolm has to just like pull it all together and make it look good and absolutely just roast the politician and the problem is like it it was made in originally it was 2005 um and its last series was 2012 but it predicted a lot of like political stuff that came after it so um it's kind of funny that a comedy series can predict stuff that genuinely happens in the government um so yeah i'd i'd recommend that it's it's only got like 20 23 episodes and they're all half an hour long so you can like binge it pretty easily which is what I did um yeah and that's pretty much it cool. do you have a recommendation Ollie? Uh, I do um I'm not really sure if it'd be classified as a short story or a novella because it's 25 pages long um and it's basically a story by E.M. Forster uh, it was written in 1909, and I sort of came across it, as you were saying with um, the thick of it, I know this is probably different, but predicting like political events, this, it's called The Machine Stops, I don't think I said, but it, it basically um, tells of like, a dystopian future, which isn't that dissimilar to uh, the lot lockdown and uh like life now with the pandemic uh basically the human population has lost the ability to live on the surface of the earth so and there is a like an omnipotent machine which as the story progresses uh this this there's like an emergence of i guess like cults which um worship the machine um, and there's basically like a juxtaposition between the two protagonists. Um, one of them's called Vashti and one of them's called Kuno. And Vashti is Kuno's mum, who's sort of submissive with the, the whole ideology that everyone's forced to adopt. And she, it's sort of similar how uh, she sort of goes on a lot of online lectures and I guess you could compare it to like Zoom classes or whatever and her, her son, he's more sort of rebellious and uh, as it progresses it, it's broken down to three parts the first part uh, is detailing sort of life living with this it's titled The Airship uh, which is a method of transportation. Then the second part, start to see the sun, who is uh, going against uh, the machine and the whole uh, sort of not being allowed to go outside. And he is found outside, and you're basically made homeless, if that's what you do. So then the third part... Uh, that's when the, the machine starts to break down in like its potency and people start to uh, sort of like... Um, what's his name again? Uno. They start to um, sort of break the rules um, and there's less restrictions being put on being able to go outside. But then sort of left with a bit of ambiguity whether uh, all everyone that's outside is actually going to die or whether they've sort of been tricked this whole time, whether it's sort of a commentary on uh, like the uh, rule of the machine, which has sort of indoctrinated all these people into believing in this ideology. I think it's, to say it's from over 100 years ago, it's a really interesting sort of analysis on politics and sort of the way that society has to function, which is obviously relevant in 
current situation. Yeah, I think I've heard of that, and it's meant to be very good. I'll it's not too long later. either. And yeah. you can um, get it for free on manybooks.net. I mean, what? <laughs> wow. Incredible. Groovy. So, um, well, it's raining outside and there's been some lightning and there has been some power cuts recently. So uh, I think we should probably wrap it up now. Um, yeah. So you, thanks for listening. Um, you can follow us on social media at EOV podcast on both Twitter and Instagram, where we post clips from the episodes for your consumption. Um, if you want to contact us to submit your work for review in like our 10 minute segment, then you can contact us on Twitter, Instagram, um, or the contact form on our website, which is entertainmentofexcellence.weebly.com. It's not WordPress anymore. We've got a new site, um, which you can find all of our episodes on, all of the ratings and everything. Um, so you can do that. Um, share us with your friends definitely we're trying to grow a decent audience when we get to 50 listeners on um podcast platforms we'll do a special episode where we do blade runner 2049 the long lost episode. The lost episode yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're also doing a few things to sort of like make the youtube more professional yeah, like yeah. new thumbnails and timestamps in the videos and just sort of clearing up the youtube platform yeah we'll be streamlining a lot of stuff like that um and most of all you, what you can do that will help us the most is leave a review even if it's just a couple a couple sentences as a youtube comment or contact us and say something you didn't like we're we're starting out and we'd really like we'd really appreciate it if we could have some feedback on how we're doing so yes yeah Thank you. Thanks for listening. All right, see you. All right, see you. Yeah, that's interesting.